Hi, this is Jake Turner for the Turning Points Podcast. This is your home for the best guest, Calvin Watkins, sports writer for The Athletic, about to make his debut for BobMcGannFootball.com. He is Mark Eckel, and it is Matt Lombardo. He's the Giants reporter for NJ Advanced Media. From Locked on Chiefs Podcast and Chiefs Digest, he is Chris Clark. And the best takes you won't find anywhere else. I told you from the beginning that it was a stretch for the Packers to win 10 games this year. This Find this podcast at iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. It's time to get to the turning point of the sports world. Well, I don't think in all my years of being an NFL fan, I don't think I've ever seen a week as bad as the Minnesota Vikings have been having uh, on the currents with, you know, being blown up by the Buffalo Bills. A shocking story came across, uh, reported by Laura Wagner of Deadspin.com. Everson Griffin is having a mental health evaluation. There's been a lot going on. Uh, He allegedly threatened to shoot someone at a hotel on Saturday night. So I thought I would get on my good friend Luke Inman here uh, from the Draft Rap Podcast, Vikings Insider, Vikings and Rams, Thursday Night Football. Uh, Luke, first off, let's get into this. What is the latest with uh, Griffin's off-the-field situation? Yeah, you, you nailed it, man. It's been a rough week if you're a Vikings fan. Now, it's certainly not uh, the Love Boat scandal. It's certainly not 2010. Um uh, after the magic of, uh, of Brett Favre in 09 when, when the roof collapsed and everything else. But it's been a rough week. Uh, certainly, it started getting shellacked by the Buffalo Bills at home against uh, rookie quarterback Josh Allen, something that just you never thought would happen. But Everson Griffin, the latest, um, in what's been kind of a, a, a rainy, damper week over the heads of uh, U.S. Bank Stadium and Minnesota Vikings fan base. So Everson Griffin, as you know, Jake, uh, you know we're finding out information as it gets leaked out, but um, has been going through some mental health issues. Uh, remember, when he was drafted coming out of USC, all the talent in the world, first-round type of player, went in the fourth round due to some quote-unquote off-the-field stuff. Um, never was this bad, though, in the early days when it came to his mental health, but it sounds like the team has really noticed some uh, weird behavior, some weird patterns from him over the last few weeks. They told him to go uh, get evaluated, do what you got to do outside of the facility, get better, but don't come back until you're ready to roll. And it seems like things got worse. And uh, as you know, the report came out from the Hotel Ivy. Uh, some conflicting reports, which you and I were uh, kind of going back yes. and forth on earlier. But um, again, you don't want to be necessarily the first to report something. You want to make sure you report the accurate situation, which, again, I don't think everybody really knows exactly what happened Mm -hmm. and what's going to take place. I can tell you this, though. Everson Griffin is going to be out of action for at least a month, if not two. And really, Jake, especially coming out of this Bills loss, at that point, two months down the road, uh, if the Vikings are sitting at, say, four and six, four, six and one with that tie, uh, they just may choose to Shelton for the rest of the year. And, and, and again, focus on his mental health, which they've been clear is first and foremost and trumps anything related to football. So really goofy and unfortunate story. Uh, and I know a lot of people inside the Viking circle and everything I'm reading and hearing and, and, and talking to and listening from the Viking fan base, they're 
high-character guy and really one of the veteran leaders on this team for a lot of the young players that come in. So really unfortunate situation, especially coming off the Bills' loss. But again, wish nothing but uh, the best for Everson and, and hope he makes a speedy recovery back to the football field. What is the reaction in the locker room? Well, it's I think shock is the obvious one because, and again, you know, I'm not there every day, but I, I don't think... Um, the players maybe knew the severity of what was going on because again when you, when you see Everson in the locker room uh, when you're talking to him and he's talking to the media uh, always got the big smile on his face always joking around always goofing around very lighthearted he's never very serious um, you know he's never down in the dumps so I didn't see this coming and I don't think a lot of the media people did either but as far as the players go I think they're going to really try to rally around this and again that Bill's loss in combination it's a short week uh, Mike Zimmer again I think is going to have these guys ready to roll not sure what the outcome is going to be but I think it's going to be a really hard fought game and I think again I think these players are going to do what they can to show up tomorrow night against the Rams for Everson Griffin one of their favorite teammates is there a chance of Brian Robeson being called back in to play I, I, I certainly think there is. I, I don't know how there couldn't be a, at least a chance. Uh, you see how active they've been uh, leading up to even just this week, uh, grabbing guys like Tom Johnson back from the Seahawks. And, and you just see, again, how aggressive they've been with their roster. And you hear Rich Spielman a lot during the draft and the offseason and even through training camp saying they're always on the scour. They're always looking for guys they can, uh, again, add to the team. And I think at this point now, uh, Brian Robson was a huge surprise cut from the get-go. I mean, that was a big surprise cut. And again, you and I were talking about that when it happened a few weeks back, and I think it would make all the sense in the world to bring a veteran guy like that, knows the playbook inside and out, and again, can provide some stability now on a really young team. It was already a young team, and now when you lose a 31-year-old Everson Griffin, becomes even younger. I think they're going to need that veteran leadership. Not sure on a short week, uh, what, what the protocol is going to be, but after this Thursday game, now you got about nine, ten days to make some moves. I think Brian Robeson certainly has gotten a call by now, and I, I wouldn't shock me again if they brought him in uh, for at least one more year the rest of the season. Luke Edmond, uh, draft uh, rap podcast host and Vikings insider, joining us here on Turning Points. So, the Vi- so let's get to on the field here. Uh, the Vikings are coming off a loss. They got the Rams Thursday night. How do they get back on track? Well, it, it starts with getting off to a good start. And I know that sounds cliche, and everybody, every team wants to get off to a fast yeah. start. But yeah. you look at all three games, even the 49ers game, which they won, uh, the Packers game they got down 20-7, to basically starting the fourth quarter. And then the Bills, uh, I mean, you couldn't start any colder, really giving up that opening touchdown and then fumbling and then giving it right back to them twice, getting down 17 rips. So uh, you got to get off to a fast start. And, and I think the big key here is getting the running game Dalvin Cook, Ben, obviously they shelved them last week, mm-hmm. uh, and I think, you know, ranking right now nearly dead last in the league in rushing, ranking 31st with 66 oh. yards per rushing contest, um, you know, Filippo is going to tell you, offensive coordinator John Filippo is going to tell you, well, we've been down so early, so quick in these games, it's been tough to get the running game going, but I think this week, especially against the Rams, you have to get that running game going, you got to grind Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray, and you got to keep Jared Goff and Sean McVay's offense off the field as much as you can. I'm expecting a ground-and-pound type of 
old school. Mike Zimmer is going to be preaching. Let's get back to this old school, hard nosed defense. Run the ball down their throat and make a few splash plays here and there when the opportunities arise. But I think running the ball and getting off to a quick start is going to be the key against this high octane Rams offense. What's the reason for the poor starts for the Vikings offense? Well, it's it's not necessarily just one quick answer thing. Again, I think uh, the biggest surprise, though, Jake, has been the defense. It's the backbone. Uh, and the identity of this team. Any fan across the league, you say Vikings, you think Mike Zimmer's defense. And rightfully so. Look at how much draft picks and equity and money they've dumped into the defense since Mike Zimmer's been here. Tons of first, second, and third round draft picks. I won't go through them all, but there's been a lot of investing inside this defense. And when you do that, they better show up. And they better show up early on. Now, some teams get off to a quick start because they have what's called a scripted play. The first 12, 15 plays are scripted. Then the defense really settles down and sinks their teeth in. But you look at, again, some of these games, Bills, again, not really the defense's fault necessarily with the Kirk Cousins fumbles, but they give up the long touchdown drive. A lot of miscues that first half. In fact, arguably the worst first half of football I've seen the Vikings play, especially at home. And then again, Packers getting down 20-7 to real quick. All of a sudden, boom, it's the fourth quarter. we got to go. we got to start passing the ball, getting away from the, uh, the running game, like I mentioned earlier. So I think it's the defense. I don't really have one answer for you as far as what is going wrong with the defense, but they've always been a bend-but-don't-break type of defense. They're fine with giving up yards in between the 20s. You get down to the red zone, though, and you saw it with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. They clamp down, and they uh, they forced Aaron Rodgers to settle for five field goals in the red zone and, and only gave up one passing touchdown for him. So uh, they need to get back to, again, tightening things up, stopping the run first and foremost. That's going to be tough against Todd Gurley and really one of the better revamped offensive lines I've seen over the past two years. Even Austin Blythe, that right guard from Iowa, is playing outstanding. Uh, and then obviously Andre Whitworth two years ago was one of the best free agent signings in the league in a league that's desperate for offensive tackle talent uh, to get a guy like Whitworth from free agency. You just don't see that a lot. So um, it's not one thing, Jake, on this defense, but certainly this defense, again, with all the money, the draft picks, the investment that they've made, they need to become, again, the identity and the backbone of this team. And I think that's got to start again tomorrow night against the Rams. He's Luke Inman, host of the Draft Rap Podcast and Vikings Insider, joining us here on Turning Points. I mean, you talk about how the defense, I mean, they were ranked number one last year in the NFL, and now this year they just don't look like themselves here. But the shocking thing was last week was the offense. You got Stefan Diggs, you got Adam Thielen, Kyle Rudolph. I mean, how are they going to be able to take on this Rams team that might not have Akeem Tlaib and Marcus Peters? Good question, Jake. Uh, and I'll say this first and foremost. Uh, again, I watched the film last night, put out a, uh, a great video breakdown. You can check it out on zonecoverage.com, uh, really highlighting how bad the defense was that first half. But you're right, Jake. Uh, the offense, when they needed a roll and they needed some points, Kirk Cousins never looked comfortable. Uh, he missed some wide-open throws deep downfield that the week prior and even week one against San Francisco, he was nailing. So, uh, you know, Redskins fans warned us that, hey, Cousins, he can flash and look like a pro bowler, and then once in a while, he just doesn't show up. He never looked comfortable or in a rhythm. I'm putting 
that on DiFilippo and, again, not getting that running game going. And it doesn't help, Jake, when you're down 17 rip. And you know you're going to pass and the defense knows you're going to pass. Let's give a little credit to the Buffalo Bills defense because that front four and even front seven yeah. with new first-round pick Terrell Edmonds uh, from Virginia Tech has been out pretty damn good. I mean, a bit, not outstanding, but I think what a lot of people thought when they plugged Josh Allen in was going to be the fine for the first pick overall next year with the Cardinals. Uh, that defense, man, has got some talent in that front four with Kyle Williams and some other kids, the rookie from Stanford. Um, so give credit where credit's due, but you can't get down 17-zip. I don't care who you are, even Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers in this league, it's going to be tough. Uh, Kirk Cousins never got into any type of rhythm. Uh, the offensive line looked horrible pretty much the entire day. They were, Jake, there was a play yesterday where they had six blockers and had Kyle Rudolph chipping mm-hmm. and then against four pass rushers, and they still got home. So, what is What can they do to fix the offensive line issues? I mean, I've seen off the right side, Brian O'Neill looks decent, a lot better than Rashad Hill here, but there are still a lot of question marks with this offensive line. So how can this offense get going when this offensive line can't be able to give time for Cousins? Well, they got what they got. Okay, I can't go draft another guy in the middle of the season. I can't go sign a pro bowler. They got what they got. Pat Offline coming back, though, Jake. Uh, gone the first two weeks. In fact, gone all of the offseason in training camp dealing with an ankle injury. He is going to make a world of difference. They kind of eased him in, which I didn't like. If he's healthy, play him and start him. But they, they gave him about 20 snaps last week. He's going to help a lot tomorrow. But I think, again, Jake, it goes back to the running game you got to get the running game going a little bit and, and give, uh, again, Kirk Cousins in this offensive line a little bit of breathing room. Setting yourself up, and this is what the Rams and Sean McVay do uh, better than anybody, setting yourself up on first and second down, winning those downs so you have third and manageable. Unlike what the Vikings were faced nearly every third down and third and longs, it makes the world a difference, and it takes so much pressure off your offensive line. That's going to be the biggest key tomorrow night against the Rams. If you had to pick the best team in the NFC North, since it's not the Minnesota Vikings, who would you choose? Oh, boy, that's a, uh, that's a tough question because, you know, if you, if you just say, well, who's the best team right now? I mean, you guys, obviously the standings say it's the Bears, but when you look at talent-wise mm-hmm. and how everything's going to shake out, mm-hmm. uh, everybody's got different schedules. Uh, obviously, strength of schedule is going to come into play here as well towards the rest of the season. Um, certainly, I think, again, it's still going to come down to the Packers and the Vikings. I think the Bears, though, are going to be one of those annoying teams for both these teams. Uh, towards the end of the season, they're going to end up 8-8, eight and 9-7. Eight, and seven. If Mitch Trubisky can figure out any type of development at all or progression, uh, next year this team's going to be really tough, especially in Soldier Field. But talent-wise, Jake, it starts with the quarterback. You can't beat Aaron Rodgers as far as just pure talent in this division. And I still love their draft and going to grab, again, Jair Alexander, and Josh Jackson from Iowa helping out that defense. So talent-wise, Green Bay, again, has got the quarterback. I think Vikes have the overall talent top to bottom. But Bears right now, they're the best team in the uh, the division. You can't argue that. If I had to give you one player on defense out of the whole division right now, who would you choose to put on the Vikings? Um, So I get to take a a defensive player from – Yes, the, the Lions, Bears, or Packers, you're saying? 
Yes, and you can't be Khalil Mack, so I'm going to make it tough on you. Wow, it can't be Khalil Mack. I'll tell you what, the Bears, again, even without Khalil Mack, the Bears had a great defense. Yes. Uh, I love their safeties in Adrian Amos and Eddie Jackson, but Roquan Smith, he hasn't flashed a ton yet. Roquan Smith was one of my favorite players in the entire draft. I know he's just a rookie. You're saying, look, you're going to take a rookie who's unproven? Trust me, this guy is going to be a rock in the middle of this defense at Soldier Field the next 10 years. Coming from Georgia, he had better tape than uh, the uh, Ruben Foster, the kid who I loved from Alabama coming out the year prior. Uh, I think he's going to be, again, one of these guys that just gives the defense, or excuse me, the offensive fits for the next decade plus. Um, obviously, you know, Clay Matthews is having kind of a tough time, it seems like, but he still offers some great explosion off the edge. I love, again, I just mentioned him, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson. Uh, Detroit's got a few studs over there in Ziggy Ansah uh, and some guys in the secondary. But, again, if, you, if you're taking Khalil Mack off the table, yes, I, I want am. Roquan Smith. Okay. All right, so you stick with the Bears or Roquan Smith. All right, final question, Luke. Uh, who wins tomorrow night and Thursday night football? You know, it's just such a tough turnaround to come back on a short week after that Bills loss. No Everson Griffin now. I know you get Pat offline back, but the Rams – Let's be honest, Jake, right now. Uh, you're a Packer guy. I'm a Viking guy. The yep. Rams are the team to beat right now. 3-0, and hottest start in the league outside of maybe the Chiefs. Uh, not only are they great on offense, Jake, they're outstanding on defense, too. They're, they're the number one team mm-hmm. as, as far as points allowed on defense in the entire league. So they're a complete team. The question with them is the depth. They never had a ton of depth to begin with, and now you lose guys like Marcus Peters, Akeem Talib. They lost Greg Zerline. Depth is going to become an issue and a big factor for them middle and late in the season. So it's not how you start, it's how you finish. I still say the Rams in a tight one. I think the the Vikings cover the spread at 6.5 or 7, but I think the uh, the Rams are going to pull this one out again. It's just too tough of a situation on that short week. We'll say this, Thursday Night Football, always crazy. (laughs) <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, Luke, as usual, great stuff. Uh, and uh, definitely we'll be talking uh, during the Vikings game tomorrow night. Enjoy that. Thanks a lot, Jake. Talk to you soon, my man. All right. Well, that was Luke Inman, host of Draft Rap Podcast and Vikings Insider. He never his words with his Vikings. He may be a fan, but he also understands he's part of the media, so he always has an unbiased opinion. So uh, great stuff by him, as always. I'm going to take the Rams. I think they'll win this one. I think it's going to be a tight one. I'm going to go 24-17. I think Rams uh, win that, but the Vikings will play tough here. Speaking about playing tough, coming up, we'll be uh, debuting our brand-new segment for the final part of our show. It is now called The Final Point. This is Turning Points on uh, Die Hard Sports Radio. Stick around. The headline for this fight should be Legend Kills. 